You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From Los Angeles, California, and Maria Menounos, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Spotlight On is a long-form interview series featuring actors and TV personalities. And now, from the world's number one TV after-show platform, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Hi, everybody. Siri Serrano here with Spotlight On, and we have the incredible... UFC star Uriah Hall here today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going hot as it's hot. It's pretty hot outside. <laughs> it's about 106 degrees. It is Africa heat outside, man. <laughs> I'm waiting for people to walk around with sticks and stuff. Uh, you were just giving me your best impression of uh, Todd Chuckles doing the intro. You want to <laughs> give me a taste of that really quick and the be there? <laughs> Are you going to get shy now? This is Todd Chuckles reporting in. Tonight, we're going to be talking to Suri about the American dream. Folks, tune in. That's excellent. Way better than my my intro. Um, I have so much I want to talk to you about. Uh, So we're going to jump right in because we have a lot to get through. Uh I'm really excited you're here. Thanks for coming by the studio. All right. This is fun. Let's do it. Yes. Like the bees mic thingy. So (laughs) (laughs) you originally come from Jamaica and you moved to New York 1997 at 13 years old. Yeah, man. Right. Um, What was that transition like? That transition was very scary. Uh, The best term I can put is like throwing in the jungle without no guide. And uh, one of the first encounters with bullying and um, it just kind of took over to an extent where I got bullied so much. You know, I didn't want to go to school, affected my confidence and all that stuff. And the next was history. You know, my mom put me martial arts and next thing you know, it just became my life. Well, you said um, your long time, you've said that... uh, uh, Tiger Shulman, your longtime coach, right, in New York, yeah. w- was like a father to you. Yeah. And he's also said um, in the past that, you know, when people come, uh, when they don't come from homes with two parents, uh, that martial arts provides uh, a place to instill values that a father normally would have done. Yes. Is, is it fair to say that that was the case for yourself? Um, I've had a lot of father figures in my life at that given time. Uh, with uh, Tiger Showman as the school I was training at in New York, it just gave me that sense of directions. You know, my first instructor was um, uh, Sensei Gravina, and uh, he was the guy that kind of helped me to morph all these abilities into what I kind of am today. You know, he kind of made me uh, became a fighter in a way because he was like, you're going to be a fighter. I'm like, no, I I just want to train and have fun. He was like, no, you're going to be a fighter. I was like, okay. And uh, I had other more models, too, like um, this guy named uh, Hightower. Uh, he became one of my instructors, too. And he taught me all the cool, I call it swag fighting. You know, he'll throw a kick and we'll be like, ooh, <laughs> you know, and it's just the way he did it. And me, I just, I was always intrigued by those cool things. So I was like, I, I got to learn that. And, of course, you know, I got more instructors in my life that just kind of paved the way and just gave me certain small uh, uh, introductions to uh, move forward. What was your first discipline that you took on? Was it uh, kickboxing? It was karate. It was pretty karate. much. Back then, it was karate. Um, it was a little more traditional, but then um, as the sport grew, like, you know, mixed martial arts, we kind of had to grow with it, and we implemented the grappling and um, the wrestling and just kind of morphed it all together. At what point uh, into your training did you decide that, yeah, I, I want to be a champion? <laughs> um. I think for fighters, it's 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 a little complicated. We were a different head case, and most people won't understand, you know. As, but I could say maybe for athletes, you know, in other sports, because you're constantly doubting yourself. You had all these hopes and dreams, and sometimes you just get scared, you know, of that light. So I don't really remember that given time when I said, you know what, I'm going to go out there. I, I don't really remember. I just had people kept encouraging me, say, you have this ability, you should use it. And I just kept going with the flow and... You know, I could probably say recently I'm still kind of uh, growing and I'm still understanding that, hey, maybe I can really go really far with this. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm still uh, looking at that light to say, I can still do this. It's kind of weird to explain. Did you, it's an ongoing thing. Did you not feel it before you entered UFC or is it once you got into the UFC that, that started 
forming? I felt it, but I looked at it more as a competition. I love to compete, so I wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to beat it. I, I didn't use that in my head. To me, I was just like, all right, who's the best guy and how can I match up against him? That's the only way I was looking at it. But, of course, the success will come with the say, hey, there's a championship at the end, you know, and when you get there, it's um, it's worth something. But it kind of made me say it's not really about the destination. It's more of the journey, and that's what I'm enjoying, the journey. Yeah. Uh, what about your family? Do they did they have they always supported you in fighting? <laughs> my mom. <laughs> first of all, I'm the last one, and uh, my brothers didn't really beat me up. Well, kind you of. come from a large family. Wait a second, you're Uh-oh. the last one of how many? <laughs> it's five boys, two girls. That's amazing. Yeah, a big family. Big family. Um, uh, my brothers. One of my brothers would pick on me. My older brother used to always pick on me. He actually passed away a long time ago. But he would always pick on me. I hated him. He's a powerful warp. I didn't like him. Uh, my third little brother would always pick on me too. But I was just always fascinated with martial arts at a young age. But I just didn't have the the money to do it or the time, you know. And my my mom, you know, she was a single mom at the time with me, and we, we it wasn't the main focus because back home in Jamaica, <laughs> ain't nobody doing karate. <laughs> you know, karate you see on TV, you're like, oh, that must be in America, but. You know, when I got here, the opportunity kind of came. And so your mother supported you in it. My mother supported me a lot. She uh, paved the way. And I think it's because I was getting bullied so much. She wanted me to get confidence. And it just kind of created the shift. Right. And nowadays, does she worry about you? Actually, in the beginning, she was very scared. She was very nervous. In fact, my very first sparring session, uh, the guy who actually taught me to box, um, my first boxing instructor, Will Hamilton, he li- literally beat the living crap out of me, like oh around the ring. And my mom was sitting there watching, like, "Oh my god!" And you know, I didn't quit. You know, I didn't know how to quit. So right. I took a butt whooping afterwards. He was like, "Man, you're pretty tough." He's like, "Come on Sundays, I'll train you." I was like, "Okay." And uh, now she encourages me. You know, she's always calling me. She's like, "Knock him out." Oh. She has an accent. <laughs> Mama Hall. <laughs> um, Mama Hall. I love it. Well, it's always fun to hear what kind of jobs you might have had before oh, pre UFC. What kind of stuff were, were you doing to pay oh, the bills? Oh man, I worked at Models, which is a pretty much an East Coast thing. Um, it was a sporting goods store. I was in the shoe department. Sure, man, I know I hated it. That job, but you know what? <laughs> at the time, it kind of paved the way. Uh, I was a busboy <laughs> at TGI Fridays. Oh yes, which Fridays. I thought I thought would have been easier because my sister was a waitress. I was like, oh, it's not that bad to clean up That's a freaking hard table. work, man. That freaking is kids, hard man. Work. The kids are just making mess. I'm looking at them like you little. But at the time, again, it paved the way. But I was an instructor also, and um, you know, uh, I taught a lot of children. I taught uh, four year olds and older kids and adults too. That was my best job. <laughs> Teaching. Yeah. You like to teach. I love to teach. Especially kids because, you know, they're they're so moldable, especially that age. Mm-hmm. And I get to kind of play a part in their life to create this positive, constructive thing. Especially they don't understand confidence. And um, I teach them how to build that confidence to not only stand up for themselves, but for what's right. And to also go out and pursue um, whatever goals they have because kids are the first to quit things, you know. It's easy for them to quit. If they don't like something, they just kind of say, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. But... If I teach them to say, all right, there's a problem, let's face it together, then if I'm not there or a parent's not there, then we don't have to hold our hands anymore to say, all right, dude, you got this on your own? All right, you're not going to give up? All right, good job. Aren't those principles that martial arts teaches Absolutely. and instills in you? Yes, and that's that's what I had out of it at the time. Had out of it. Got out of it at the time. <laughs> that's what I got out of it at the time. And, um, you know, I just didn't understand a lot of things. And I guess martial arts was that far the figure. Because my dad was back home in Jamaica, so... It was that guideline that I needed. Right. Um, well, let's talk about your game a little. Ground. Do you like doing groundwork? Um, Do you enjoy it? I hated groundwork for a long time. <laughs> I hated grappling, all hugging stuff. Like, oh, we got to hug each other. Oh, we got to do all that stuff. But <laughs> now, you know, I hear people say the same thing. And I'm like, well, at the time when I said that, I wasn't educated on it. I didn't understand it. And mm. for a lot of people... They would look at it like, oh, man, what are they hugging each other? What's wrong with that? That's a little weird and stuff like that. But it's art, man. And to know how to dismantle someone on the ground, it's freaking amazing. You know, you get to put them in submission, locks, chokes, and holds. And, you know, to have that and to be able to stand up with it, you know, you're creating what I call a very crazy lethal weapon. 
So what's I, your most uh, successful sub on the ground? Submission. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say it's my Kimura. And uh, I'm working on my guillotine now. My guillotine is sick, man. Is it? Yeah. But I developed it for all the wrestlers because all the wrestlers will always try to take me down. So come at me, bro. <laughs> choke you guys out. Um, you're very well known to, to have some insane, crazy legs and high <laughs> kicking. Is that legs. your is that your uh, favorite way to finish people? Um, <laughs> I don't really know about a favorite way to finish people, but I like to think outside the box. I like to do things that make you say, what in the world was that? And even sometimes I catch my, I, I catch myself. I'm like, did I do that? Like I'll, I'll watch someone film me. And then afterwards I watch the video and I'm like, I don't remember doing that. Like I'll blank out and I'll just become this video game character. Like, and I'll just do all these crazy stuff. But I, I like to use my legs a lot. I'm starting to get more comfortable with my hands. You know, you're always building, you know, so I'm a kicker, but I like to punch too. Uh, greatest setback as a fighter in terms of like your weakness? Um, besides food? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say it was my wrestling, you know? Uh, I, I just, I just can pick it up. And a lot of people, if you, if you do it for a while, it becomes a part of you, you know? But I just, I couldn't get it. And I would be so frustrated, but I think it's more of the surroundings, like, now I'm working like my grappling and I'm so comfortable at it because it's how the person's teaching it to me. Like take for instance Ronda Rousey, um, who's a Bantamweight champion. She goes in there and she does this one freaking this one amazing move. <laughs> and you know it's coming, but the way she does it is, you know, she she has a lot of arsenal in her game, but she's always going for that one move. So the way my instructor taught me with the grappling, he just gave me one thing. And the beauty about it is I can do other stuff, but I still focus on that one move. So I think it's more of your teachings, your surroundings, and how the person could say, all right, this is not working for you. Let's do something that your body's already adapted to. And I'm blessed to have that. What do you consider to be your greatest strength? Hmm. <laughs> My video game playing abilities. <laughs> um, in terms of fighting? Yes. I would say my, that's crazy, because I thought it was my kicks, but it's actually now my hands. Really? My hands have gotten so lethal, man. I've been working with some great guys. Uh, Who you been working Chun, with? Arnold Chun out in uh, Wild Card. Um, that's Freddie Roach's gym. And he just pretty much took me to another level. Pretty much, he got me so fast, my breathing couldn't catch up. And I'm in shape, wow. but I couldn't even catch up with my own speed. And I felt it. And he's just on that level where... He's like a true martial artist, man. And, of course, I got taught a little bit by Michael Jai White. Um, and I thought my kicks were cool, but he showed me a kick. I was like, uh, okay, I'm What kick go was back. that? It was my my favorite kick, the spinning hook kick and the spinning back kick. And he did it better than you. He did it. Man, this dude, <laughs> I had to go in the back. I'm like, I'm going to get a book, and uh, I'm just going to write this down. <laughs> He's Stop. really good. Yeah, he's that wow. good. It was really good. That's pretty cool to have someone show you how to do your own kick better. Yeah, way better than me. I, 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 I give him his respect for that. And I still call him like, hey, man, you got to teach me some more. He's such a cool guy. Um, well, who's the scariest guy in your weight class if it's not you? <laughs> um, the scariest guy in my weight class. You know what? Everyone's scary. It's just that mindset you got to have. Like before, I'm still scared. You know, every time you go in there, you're afraid. I know for me, I'm terrified, man. Sometimes I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Really? Is that when you're getting wrapped? No, yeah, it's around, it's around that. It's like day, when it's you're around, getting wrapped. When you're getting wrapped, suddenly you're like, dude, you, you could die. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The fight is pretty much all that endurance you did to endurance, all that preparation you did leading up to that, you know? And uh, one of the best uh, inspiration. Uh, inspirational person in my life was uh, Chael Sonnen and he he laid it down for me he was like um, you know you guys are already fighting every day and you don't really think about the outcome you focus more on the moment and you know he was like well, just because they put a ref in there and they bring Dana White out and a couple of the people watching what changes nothing changes and he gave a really good example I'm probably not going to do it right he said this uh, football coach put like a a ladder on the floor and he's I told his guys to walk on it. And they're like, all right, this is nothing. And he put it up on top of this roof. And he's like, all right, you guys do it now. And they're like, uh. <laughs> so he's saying that environment changes, but the act doesn't. Right. So, it, you know, come that game day, you're supposed to just get out there and just 
do what you've been doing all along and not just be distraught by your surroundings or whatever. And that's where all the fans, quote, come in and try to act like they know you're, you know what you're doing. like Which you they, love. Exactly. <laughs> they put all the sacrifice in. I love when fans come on, hey, man, you should do this. Oh, thanks, buddy. You've been, all the time, uh, right? You get it all the time. All the time. Advice. You should do this. You should be a little meaner. Non-athletes <laughs> Non-athletes. Keyboard warriors. There you go. <laughs> Keyboard, Keyboard warriors. warriors. Love, love to meet it. those guys in the ring. I'll beat the living daylights out of them. Do you feel, I don't know if this is the right word, but more comfortable in that environment in front of however many thousands of fans? I'm starting to feel comfortable now. Uh, my last fight, I felt very comfortable because it really wasn't about me. You know, I kind of dedicated the fight to Nelson Mandela at the time and a couple of the people we lost. I think uh, Paul Walker passed away at that time too and Shane Dozaria from the UFC. So I, I don't think I was really fine for me. Even though a lot of people are saying, well, if you lose this fight, you're out of UFC. But I kind of put that aside to not let it consume me, to be afraid to freeze up. Instead, I just went out there and said, you know what, man? I'm going to beat you so bad, I'm going to look good doing it. And that's what I did. <laughs> the power of the mind. There you go. Uh, training camps. So I know you're in training camp now, mm-hmm. right? How long uh, do you usually train for a fight? I like to do like four uh, four months, maybe three. That's a long time. It's a long time, but... Um, off season, you know, you always sharpen your tools. Um, it's important because you don't want to, you know, feel a little scrappy when you get back in there. Are you one of those fighters that kind of stays in shape year round, Absolutely. ready to go at any I, time? If I go over like two ten, I'll start bugging out. I'm like, whoa, what's that? I'm getting belly. <laughs> I'll freak out, you know. But it's in general, you just got to stay in shape, and uh, you don't want to fall out of shape because then it's it's hard to get back in that shape. See, there's there's certain levels of shape. There's your shape. Then there's your round as a shape. Then there's your okay shape. Then there's your good shape. Then there's your... <laughs> I didn't know there were that many shapes. <laughs> there's your stop traffic shape. And then there's your cause stop accident traffic. shape. Yeah. That's awesome. If you're in shape, you'll stop traffic. And if you're where in you really at, shape... Where are you at right now? Right now, I'm in stop traffic shape. I'm oh, working wow. on cause accidents. I'm going to be there in like a month. I'll a cause month? accidents. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. What do your camps uh, consist of? Uh, my camps right now consist of... Um, uh, sharpening my striking game and of course working on my ground game I've been working with Jason Manley at a rain training center uh, amazing instructor one of the um, in Orange County rain. yeah Orange yeah. County he's one of the students of um, I, one of the Gracies man there's so many Gracies I can't even keep right. track right there are but he's just he was the one that pretty much taught me how to accept what I have and just kind of worked around me uh, with the Kimura and uh, the guillotine and all that stuff. Um, so it's a lot of groundwork. I feel very comfortable on the ground. I'm going for legs locks every time. It's just available for me now. I'm feeling very comfortable. My striking, I've been working with Arnold um, and then putting it together at ring because I have uh, MMA classes. But uh, A lot of guys are training there. Yeah, we got Jake Ellenberger. We got uh, Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub. A bunch of other dudes I can't really think of right now. <laughs> but um, the last uh, month of my training camp, I go out to Portland. And I just kind of isolate myself a little bit. Your I boxing love, coach is there, yeah, right? Yeah, Clayton Ayers. Um, we just do a lot of Rocky stuff. You know, we run, we run, and oh my God, we run. Really? <laughs> and uh, we do a lot <laughs> of uh, just straight up boxing. I train out at the, um, the Nike Fitness Center over there, too. That's nice. Yeah. That's fun. Work with some cool guys. So it's just uh, the, the last month of my camp, I just try to get my mind to that uh, comfortable, cool, calm, collected place and centered, you know? Because Portland, there's there's none to do. I love Portland, but it's <laughs> no absolutely none to do. Big it up, Portland. <laughs> but y'all got too many trees. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been there. It's nice. It's, it's pretty. Oh, yeah. It's pretty. It's all right. good setting to train in. I like it. That's why I go there because it's just yeah. it's isolated, you know? And I just like the whole peaceful environment. And you met that coach on Tough, correct? Yeah, yeah. I met Clay Nars on Tough, and we just kind of click, you know? Some right. people you just click with. Definitely know what you mean. <laughs> uh, I know you're contemplating a move out west, and you have been for a little while. Did you have to bring um, it up? I did have to bring it up. You said I could. Um, what's going into that decision? Are you any? What? When are you gonna make a, a decision about that? Um, you know what? It was just <laughs> my buddy uh brought it up and he brought up some really good points and he was like it's a lot easier out here especially with training and stuff like that and on the east coast you know it's a little harder to find those gyms and pretty much the best gym out there is gracie's gym the grappling but i think it's hard to find like a good striking and plus you know with the traveling and stuff it's just a lot more 
easier and better opportunities out here on the West Coast. There's so many coming out here. I mean, Dan Henderson's opening a new gym. And, oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, there's a out with that, bunch dude. of... <laughs> learn how to <laughs> throw that right hand. That's going to be a good gym. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I want to learn how to throw that right hand. <laughs> knocks people out with. Uh, let's talk weight cutting. Have you cha- Has your weight changed a lot throughout your career? Um. Yeah. Do you have to? What do you walk around at? I try to walk around the, the at least two hundred five. Sometimes I get a little out of hand and I get to two ten. <laughs> Once I hit two fifteen, I'm like, all right, dude, back on track. But some dudes they go like to two thirty and they got to cut to one eighty five. I think that's just dumb. And, and you cut down to one eighty five. I cut down to one eighty five, but that's I try to walk around close. Yeah. How short a period do you cut all that down? I would say around that three months period, but it's a certain modification how you do it. Um, the way I like to do it, you know, I I. I still train and maybe like one and a half months left, I'll try to focus more on that weight cut. You know, uh, I'll take out certain stuff out of my uh, my diet, uh, the, the salt, um, more protein, a little more greens, a little more leaner, and uh, just burning the fat more. That way, when it comes time to cut, it's a lot easier because it's just mostly water weight because, man, right. we carry more water. Have you ever considered changing weight classes? Um. Yeah, and I, you know, I thought about it a couple of times. Uh, I used to fight at 205, actually. I'm not going to lie. I felt my strongest. Like, Really? I feel like $2 million. <laughs> actually, I feel like a lot more than that. But I feel very <laughs> strong at 205. 185, I just felt really comfortable. And I know I'm a lot faster. So if I do go up to 205, I know I'll be faster than like, most of those guys. Yeah. What about... Um... You know, there's been a lot of research and and some articles and medical science that's come out and said, uh, you know, for wrestlers and fighters that continuously cut a crazy amount of weight, it lowers their testosterone and therefore they have to do replacement therapy, which is obviously now banned. Um, And also the lower testosterone can uh, raise your um, you're more susceptible to concussions. Mm. Do you are you aware of that? I wasn't really aware of it. I just try to keep my hands up and move. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the? Uh, oh, wow, that's very interesting. TRT. Um, TRT. Well, testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. Uh, the I don't really know much on it. I have to do my research, but I've heard that it's just pretty much a form of cheating. I don't believe in cheating, man. Like, go out there and fight like a man. Um, plus, all that stuff. Like, really, at the end of the day, you're gonna, like, hey, I'm the champ, but you cheated, bro. You, some little TRT, like what does that do for you? But I heard about it. I don't really take anything. I hardly even take protein supplements. And I know most of the time when I train with some of these guys, I'm like, dude, are you on crack or something? You you weigh like a really? ton. Yeah, a lot of these guys are just so strong. But I'm not saying they're taking anything. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, they're you know, they're they're probably taking a lot more uh protein and a lot more other uh, dietary fact stuff that I'm not taking. I'm I'm very natural, you know. Like I hardly lift yeah. weights. I barely lift. Really? Weights. Yeah, I don't really. Wow. Lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so I have to. I know that's not your favorite subject in the world, but oh. I have to bring it up because it's arguably one of the scariest moments in the last ten years of uh, MMA and UFC, and 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 the closest thing to us seeing somebody die on television uh, was your knockout on on tough um what was that like for you oh man sorry adam <laughs> <laughs> uh it was scary man it was it was very scary um and again you know no one's gonna really know unless you're there seeing it on tv is like whoa but being there and i choked up too but yeah, you can see that on camera. Yeah, but that was like maybe like 10 minutes in there. Then I had that look. It wasn't like right after. Right. The power of editing. I know. But- people really don't realize <laughs> reality TV. And right? How- now, that's a subject right there. I mean, it is. It's a- oh, we could do another whole hour on reality TV. If you ever need that, <laughs> just call me. People think it's 100% truth and real and is how it is, how it's presented to you. And it's not. It sells because that's it's what they created for. It's like, oh, it's reality TV. This person is <laughs> just like that. So that's what I'm really believe in the whole hype of fans and all that i mean i have fans my my yeah. fans my real fans to me my friends and my family those are the guys you don't really have to say hey man i'm so those are the people who know you don't have to explain yourself to. but these right. keyboard warriors who i just love to meet if you're listening please don't be afraid to run into me man don't be <laughs> you afraid can talk to them right there <laughs> come at me bro <laughs> 
but it's just it's just crazy how people just come up with all this perspective of how they think you are and they just start commenting on stuff and yeah just because you're working towards your dream like what are you really doing you're just watching me thanks for watching me right why don't you get up and do something too it right. drives me nuts it drives me nuts <laughs> how do you really, really feel about it <laughs> don't get me started man i'm the president after this um i wanted to talk to you about i mean going you know coming right off of that brutal kick and uh, knockouts the brutality of the sport and yeah. i mean it's it's intense. I mean, I think it's pretty much the most brutal sport out there. Is it not? Uh, brutal. You know, it's hard to say that word. <laughs> For me, it's just fun. I, I, I love to compete again. And when I go out there, and I've heard people say this, and, you know, people are trying to encourage me and say, hey, man, that guy across the ring is going to try to kill you. You got to be mean. I don't have to be mean, man. I'd rather beat you up with a smile and say, hey, Keep training, buddy. <laughs> That's just how I am. You know, I enjoy the competition level so much. That's why I wasn't thinking too much about the goal. Yeah, the goal is like a big focus right now. And everyone's trying to race for that goal, which is the belt. But I enjoy doing it. I enjoy picking my opponent apart. I enjoy dismantling them. I enjoy saying, wow, I got better. And even in defeat, too, because I look at it this way. I don't ever really lose. I either win or I learn. If I win, I'm learning, and if I lose, I still learn. And it's just getting back on that track to say, okay, what's the, the new focus, and how can I improve and get better? But a lot of people don't see that, and it's just hard to even explain that. But I know a lot of people look at it and say, it's so brutal. Why would you do that? Listen, life is scary as it is. You never know when you're going to go. And just like that, it could happen. So just because I choose to step outside my comfort zone and do something a little bit scary, you're going to you know, pretty much judge me on it? You can't. Greatest lessons you've learned from your losses and your wins? Greatest lesson I've learned from my wins is to appreciate the, to appreciate them pretty much. <laughs> I can say the same thing for the, uh, for the losses. But for the losses, you know, it, it teaches me, uh, okay, what got the best of me and what did I do wrong? And I'm telling you, I, I, I'll go back to train the next day. You know, I don't believe, all right, let me take a couple weeks off. Clear. No, man, I failed. Okay. Let me get back up and figure out what I did wrong and get back in. But society is built to say, oh, you lost. Stay there for a while. I don't believe in that crap. You know? <laughs> they do do that. They That's, do do that. Yeah. And it's funny because you look at two fighters and they never really focus on the person who lost. You know, they, they don't. I mean, yeah, you focus on the person who won. But what about that other person who endured the same amount of training and the sacrifice and all that stuff to get to where they are? No one looks at that. Oh, you lost. Peace out, buddy. <laughs> hey <laughs> champ <laughs> it's crazy it's really crazy which leads me into you know the the day-to-day -day grind of the business you're in and being the athlete that you are and i i've talked to some fighters before and that you know it can be lonely just the day-to-day -day hours and hours and hours of training you know uh do you find that i mean what's it like for you for me it's fun you know i i don't think it's lonely it has its moments but it's a sacrifice you have to make. Because sometimes, like, I know last time when I was training, I was in Portland. I had maybe, like, three weeks left. And, you know, I couldn't do anything. So you're like, oh. <laughs> but then you use those times to kind of either reflect or to, I call it, build your mind. You know, I, I like to read inspirational quotes or books. What's your and, favorite quote? Um, I have a bunch. Uh, I can't think of one now. My, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, it's actually on my, my Twitter. Um, when life knocks you down. Uh, uh, smile, uh, stand up, and very politely say you hit like a, yeah, a witch with yeah. a B. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite quote because that's that's constant. That's always happening, you know. And you yeah. just got to get back up and like that's all you got. You got to press forward. What drives and motivates you? There's a lot of things that drives and motivate me, and it's funny you ask that because I was actually thinking about that earlier uh, this week. And the biggest inspiration I came up with was my mother and uh, just how she is. And she's the sweetest person on this planet. Aww. And it's not because she, she got me in this, but I just look at character and how she really is. She's the, quick, she's the quickest to forgive. And that's probably where I got my really, really soft spot from. <laughs> but my mom thanks, is mom. just... Yeah, thanks, mom. But she's done so much for, for us. And um, I just want to be able to give her that opportunity back and... The moment that I realized how uh, great my mom is, it was Mother's Day. I think it was last time, not this one. And I took her shopping, and uh, I said, you can have anything you want. And she kind of freaked out. She, she didn't know what to do. Like She was like, uh, 
let me get this. She was getting like cheap stuff. I'm like, no, just, just get what you want. And she didn't know how to handle it. And it, it hit me. I'm like, oh my God, like, why can I live like that? Why can't I like do more for my family? What I think we've been in that zone for so long. It's almost like she accepted it. And I'm like, wow, I've, my family accepted being here. Like, no, right. like we got to make a better, you know, living. That's great. So it's crazy. Uh, who do you model yourself after? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people I, I look up to. Uh, one of my favorites, though, I would have to say Bob Marley. Um, I love his messages and a lot of his messages from his music and to uh, to live right and to, to, to always do what's right and to always try to make, you know, the right decisions. Another one is Nelson Mandela, you know, and um, the last thing I heard was, I'm probably not going to say it right, but I remember the important parts, and it was more of like, you know, we can, uh, we have a choice to to be to do good, you know. Uh, I think he said, I might, I could be wrong about kids growing up. He said, no one was born evil, you know. It has to be something you're introduced to, and he just he he kind of similar to my mom, where he still believes that there's still that hope, you know, because a lot of people they have their own beliefs in certain things and. The only the one thing that could we always fall back on is that peace. But what is world peace? You know, world peace is not like, hey man, let me uh, give you five bucks. <laughs> world peace is just you know doing what's right and helping others without looking for something. You know, and I love those people because of what they bring and for what they've done already, and not just for the African American community, but just for everyone. You know, I I would love to be one of those folks to inspire. You know to to get someone out of that dark realm, that dark element. Who's carried you through your darkest time? Um, wow, that was good. Damn, really good. Um, a, a lot of, uh, I would say, motivational uh, movies or uh, uh, themes, but I, I just always believe that no matter what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a difference, you know? And with the bullying, it just created this whole uh, light to say, I can be that. It's weird. It's probably going to sound a little funny. <laughs> I could be that superhero. And, you know, when you think of superhero, you think of powers. And I still kind of had that uh, child mindset to say powers. But I'm already a superhero. You know, I go out there and I perform. And I, I'm, I have kids who look up to me because uh, I'm doing something. As positive, I'm living my dream, and they're saying that you know what, I come from the struggle too, just like him, and I can do it. I love that. I love it. Um, is there any religious or spiritual source that is important to you that inspires you? Um, I grew up, uh, man, I grew up <laughs> going to church on Saturdays, I believe it was a Seventh day Adventist. Um, but, you know, I came here, and we were still going to church on Saturdays, and I used to go to church on Sundays with my brother. So I felt all oh, weird with days, and but I always try to listen to the message. And, you know, a lot of people have their own perspective on religion. And religion, it, it separates a lot of people, you know. I'm still learning sure about is. it, but I do have my beliefs to say there's a higher source. I don't just believe atoms just kind of came out of nowhere. I just can't think that for some reason. Maybe it was because how I was brought up say, well, this is the way of God and blah, 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 and God did this. I still believe in those teachings to say to always do the right thing and to uh, believe there's a higher power that's going to give me strength to do things and uh, become a better person or, or greater in life. But uh, Do you meditate? I do meditate. Uh, I don't do it as quite as often as I should, but let me tell you, when I do do it, I feel invincible. And the best time that I did it that I really felt invincible was on the show. And because of that isolation, it just made me focus on it only. And, you know, when you're, in the, when you're in that, you have nothing else but your thoughts, you know. And then you have to face your fears. You have to face all your problems. Then you have to kind of either write it down. You have to get yeah, it out. Yeah, I saw you writing it down a lot. Yeah, you, right? you get it out. And Dylan Andrews from the show taught me that because I came to him. And I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on, man. Freaking out, blah, blah, blah. He said, just write it down. I had to fight him. So it, was, yeah. it really sucked. <laughs> it really it's powerful sucked. writing things down, getting it out of your yeah. System. Yeah, it's like therapy. And when mm -hmm. I, whenever I got a chance to be in front of the camera, I was so excited. Not like, oh, look at me. But for <laughs> me, it was therapy because I was talking. And that was like right. the best part to just release all that. Yeah, I don't think people, people don't really know when you're isolated in, in that kind of setting. 
you don't have you don't have the outside sources of anything. You don't no have TV. Phones, you don't, no TV. You have nothing. nothing. It's a very challenging environment to be. And then in. you have to live with people. You have to fight. You have Ex- to shower with. Well, not yeah. shower with them, but <laughs> you're Thanks in the same house. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Dude's farting and stuff. Oh gosh. Um, when you're in a fight and your opponent has the upper hand, where do you go within you to pull it out? I think, and it happened to me, you, you got to be calm. Like, uh, the best time it came out was, uh, I think, in the, the fight, uh, maybe the, the semifinals, with Dylan Andrews. He took me down, and normally I freak out when I get to the floor, but, you know, I, I just remain calm, you know, and... Um, that was part of my training a little bit. And afterwards, after that, I kind of implement that training. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's really funny. Like, like I was boxing, and my coach had this thing where you swing at me to move my head and stuff like that. So I had right. to move my feet. He taught me footwork. But then he would ask me questions. Simple question. He was like, all right, what's two plus three? I was like, uh, uh, seven. <laughs> and he, what, what that did is throughout that whole craziness of everything going nuts, you still be able to be focused. You still right. be able to relax. So that's what it taught me. But I, I, I kind of figured out at the time when, when I got taken down to just stay relaxed, cool, and collective, you know? But then I just said, all right, maybe I need to do this in my training too. Right. Extremely valuable to learn yeah. that skill. Yeah, be cool. Uh, do you have a favorite moment thus far in your career that stands out to you? Yes. Uh, one of my favorite moments is I fought back in ring combat and I broke my hand in the second round. I shouldn't have said that. No, I was. I didn't know that. Oh, you know about ring combat? <laughs> yeah, I know it. I didn't know you broke your hand. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I I broke my hand in um, I ring combat in New Jersey a long time ago. I think it was maybe oh nine or eight. Anyways, it was the second round. I threw a hook punch. I took the guy down. He was a grappler, and I threw a punch and I broke my hand. And then I was trying to make a fist. I couldn't feel. I was like, "What the heck's going on?" And then. I was like, all right, whatever. Let me just kind of move around it. And then I kept making a fist to hit, and I was like, all right, it's broken. So I was already on the ground, and you need your hand. So I just kind of, you know, made it lazy, and hopefully the ref will stand us up. And he did. So I just did my little dance. I was moving around, and then the round ended. Sorry. (laughs) I went back to my (laughs) corner, and uh, right away I was like, I broke my hand. And then, you know, at the time my coach looked at me. He was like, you gonna quit? And it wasn't like you're gonna. Act, he did. He, it wasn't like he asked me. It was more like, "Are you gonna quit? Like, you better uh, not." Don't even you know? think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, in that exact moment, I uh, I used to teach kids, the four year olds, and mm-hmm. you know, it was part of the program that I learned uh, is to always te- teach them to never quit, no matter what. And I used to always tell them, no matter what happens, you're not allowed to quit, no matter how hard it gets. You're not allowed to quit, you know, and I would always tell them stories of, you know, people become triumphant and all that stuff. And in that exact moment, I just remember all that stuff I said. So I said to myself, if I quit, then, you know, there's a saying that you teach best what you need to learn most. Right. And that's exactly what happened. I said, "Uh, no, I'm not going to quit. And then he gave me the simplest rule ever, uh, advice ever. He was like, all right, you can't throw your left, throw your right. That was it. <laughs> so I just went out I there and that. I did it and I knocked them out. I ended up winning, so it was really cool. Is there a video of that online? There is a, yeah, there is a video. It is. Okay. I'll show you guys. Yeah, we have to take a look at that. I mean, it wasn't that dramatic, you know. But... Yeah, but it stands out for, for oh, you. Yeah. I like it. Uh, goals. So inside the octagon, what is your goal? My goal inside the octagon for me is to have fun. You know, you, you have to have fun in what you do. If it becomes a job, then you might as well quit. And I think it goes back to when you started. Why did you start? The fun side of it, the learning experience, the building from it. You know, over time, some people forget that. Then it's like, oh, I got to get paid. But you got to have fun in what you do. And I just don't want to lose that side of it. Because once I lose it, then, you know, I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> but I'd rather just go out there and just have my fun. But it's hard for people to understand that because... You lose, then they look at you like, oh, this guy's not as good as we thought, you know? So I like to have fun to to learn. Right. (laughs) I like to have fun to learn to get better. And, you know, I heard it plenty of times. I don't care if the other guys on the other side of the room is trying to kill me. That's fine. He's not going to kill me because I know I'm fast and strong and what I'm good at. But I'm not going to change my mindset 
just for others. And I think Les Brown said it the best. That was one of my favorite quotes, actually, too. He said, uh, someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. That's a great quote. Yeah. Great quote. Um, is one of your goals winning the championship? Yes. Definitely one of my goals to win the championship. But, again, it's not really about me anymore. And I've started to accept that. It's more of to inspire others because that's one of the biggest things I've been getting a lot. Yeah, I get approached. It feels good. I used to not like it in the beginning because I'm like, get the heck away from me. I didn't like it, man. Because I look how people see treat celebrities. Right. And I didn't think of myself as a celebrity. I wanted to be a regular person, you know. And my coach was like, you're kind of a big deal right now. You got a big deal. I love it. <laughs> so I would get a little upset. Like, you know, I get annoyed. I don't want to say upset. But I've seen you be approached, and you're super kind to people. Well, not now. I'm better at it. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, one of the things my coach said was, you know, it's not going to last forever. You might as well enjoy it now. No, I mean, you are inspiring others. You're on TV. You're on one of those people in the positions to do so. And that's what he said. So you embrace it or you fight it. So it just taught me to, to embrace it more. And I met a lot of cool people. I met this kid who, uh, a Chipotle. Can I even say Chipotle? Chipotle? Yeah. I sure. <laughs> Great food, Shout by the out. way, Chipotle. <laughs> Shout out <Sponsor>? Chipotle. Sponsor? <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, I walked in and uh, he was looking at me. And I could tell when people recognized me, they give me that, oh my God, stare. So yeah. I was like, yeah, let me act normal. <laughs> Don't act, you know. I've seen it. That's funny. And, <laughs> and then uh, I went to get my food. And as I'm walking to sit down, he came up to me and he was shaking. And I was like, you all right, dude? And he was like, you don't understand, man. You saved my life. And I was like, huh? And he told me a story of how he was getting bullied a lot. And uh, he, by him doing martial he wanted to commit suicide, if I'm correct. And he, he started jujitsu. And by watching my watch me on the show, I gave him that inspiration to uh, start the training. And then once he did, uh, it just changed his confidence. You know, everything was just so different. And I was just really taken back. I was like, whoa, I have that effect. Yeah. And that's just been something I've been focused on a lot more than the whole hype of this and that and celebrities that I don't I don't you can take all the celebrity and the fame. I rather change someone's life. To me that's worth a lot more. I mean that's what life is about. Exactly. And that's incredible. And you know, bullying I know you've talked a lot about it in interviews. It's such a huge issue. And it's great that you've been so open about it because as you just said in that example, you change someone's life. Yes. For the better. Yes. Uh, personal goals outside of the octagon. <laughs> um, a big personal goal I have is to, uh, it's an everyday thing. I always try to outdo myself. And it's not just in training, but to be a better person. I mean, that's one of the hardest things to do. And, um, you know, every every time you're fighting, you know, you're fighting to wake up in the morning to go to work, to take care of yourself, to, you know, to eat right. To, to make appointments to for temptation. There's a lot of things you're constantly fighting to do, and sometimes you lose those fights, and sometimes you win them. So I'm constantly trying to better myself by making the right decisions most of the time because we're going to be, you know, human beings. We make mistakes. But, you know, once you make those mistakes, you got to say, okay, I messed up. What did I do wrong? How can I make it better? So that's a big thing for me to always try to do better and just to uh live life as right as i can love it where do you see yourself in five years that's a great question i've been asked that before and i was like i don't know where i see myself in five years i don't even know what i see myself 10 seconds from now <laughs> and it taught me to not really focus on the outcome but yeah you right. have goals to say well in five years from now i see myself the ceo of i just take it one day at a time and just try to enjoy life and um just live in the moment, you know, because really, no matter how much you want to say you got all these plans ahead, the moment is all you got. All right. This is looking ahead of the moment. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> at the end of your career, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as that guy who inspired others, that guy to uh, that uh, got people out of the struggle, that guy who made that difference to say, Anything is really possible. Anything. Professionally and personally? Yes. Got it. Well said. Uh, we have to mention your upcoming fight, UFC 175. Bring it on. Las Vegas, July 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first thought when your opponent was scheduled with you? Like, what what went through your mind? Yay. 
<laughs> That's simple. Uh, um, yeah, actually, I t- I texted Dana, man. Um, I made a bold move. I was like, listen, I'm put me on the Fourth of July weekend card. I'm gonna be the champion. Who do you want me to fight? Really? And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> he texted me back saying, right on, my brother. <laughs> Not his words per se, but yeah. you know, so. That did it for me, and I got the word, and I was like, all right, now I have a good reason to start really picking up my chin. Because I love to train, you know, and right. I just hate taking off a while to just slack. And I was kind of running around. I was in New York. I was kind of still getting a good camp out there, but it was so hard. And, you know, I had other stuff doing, so I, I wasn't regimented. I like to I liked things to be structured, you know. I, I perform better when things are lined out where right. I know i got to do this, 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 and this to get to this. A lot of people always want to know, you know, do you study your opponent? Do you see your team? What, uh-huh. what, you know, I know you, it's your favorite, another favorite question of yeah. yours. <laughs> uh, my coach yells at me and say, you're supposed to study your uh, opponent. I'm a little weird. <laughs> you don't study. I do study, but I study differently. You know, I don't study in a way where... I try to take everything away, all their weaknesses. That's great. And those are, I'm like, and someone said the other day, I'm like an anti-GSP because GSP will, he will study you and he will take you out of your element so bad, you will leave the ring saying, man, why am I doing this? Because he's that good. He controls the fight. Right. Me, I'm the opposite. I say, all right, I'll figure it out in the ring. And he's like, no, what the heck's wrong <laughs> with you? You got to study the guy. So when I, when I used to study, I used to, when I used to study. When I used to study my opponents, I would just, I guess, pick so many things that I would get frustrated. So I'll pick, like, one thing I see. Like, oh, he does this wrong. Okay. And then I'll just capitalize on it. I'll just focus on that only. Yeah, I'll fight. But I'll focus on what that one thing that I saw that, you know, he's not really good at, and I'll take it away from him. But generally, I like to go out there and be in the moment and try to figure it out. To me, I just feel like I'm really living in that exact moment. So I don't. You really don't like t- to train for a while. Yeah, I, I like for- to study. You okay. catch me with a good shot, good. I learn from it. It ain't going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to learn. And I like to be in that moment. But it's hard because then you have people say, no, you got to know your opponent's a weakness. But in a real fight on the street, <laughs> God forbid, you don't know anything about that person. Well, because, I mean, I'm sure your opponent's studying you. Exactly. That's fine by me. I don't mind. You can study me all you want. I have a lot of stuff I haven't even used yet. That's fine. <laughs> but I don't really focus on it too much. I just focus on certain small things that I need. And that makes it easier to focus on myself. Because if I focus on him too much, it takes away what I could do. Okay. We're going to have a little fun. Uh-oh. We're going to do a little rapid fire. What, what the, you ready for this? What's, what's rapid? Yeah, so you ha- you can't think. You have to literally say the first answer that comes to mind between the two that I give you. <laughs> so I'm just going to pick a question? No, I'm going to say something, and then you just pick one of them. You can't think about it. Okay. okay? First thing that comes to mind. You ready? Oh, you God. look nervous. Don't be nervous. All right, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, favorite zoo animal? <laughs> Quickly. Lion. <laughs> Salty or sweet? What? Salty or sweet? Sweet. Uh, right-handed or left? Right. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. <laughs> Favorite home-cooked meal? It's a Jamaican meal, ackee and sawfish. Cats or dogs? Dogs, but I like cats. Well, Mac, Mac or PC? Mac. What's one thing you always do before fighting? Call my mom. Oh, 4th of July or New Year's Eve? You neither? I mean, 4th of July. Okay, coffee <laughs> or tea? Neither. Uh, tea. Solange or Beyonce? Hell, really? <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, really? <laughs> I could have won this battle. Solange beat Jay Z up, and Beyonce <laughs> stood there and watched. I can't win. <laughs> Amazing. I'm gonna go with Kanye. Uh, okay. <laughs> Favorite country you visited? Uh, America. You prefer hot or cold? Uh, cold. Uh, what do you want to do when you grew up? Right now or early when I was When you younger? were young. Uh, I wanted to be an actor. Really? Yeah, I can act. Surf or snowboard? What? Come on here, rapid fire. Uh, let's go, let's go. Snowboard, because oh I hate God. sharks, man. <laughs> what city were you born in? Uh, Spanish town. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Read a book or watch a movie? Watch a movie. Favorite thing about New York City? Buildings. Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. Regular milk or soy milk? Reg. Favorite fighter in history of the sport? 
Anderson Silva. Almond butter or peanut butter? Peanut butter. Crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Favorite concert you've been to? Come on here. I don't think I've been to any concerts. What? I've never been to concerts. No concerts? Okay, somebody invite him to a concert, people. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think I've taken you to a concert. concert. I'm sorry. Uh, if you could meet one person dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, Hello. Bob Marley. Okay. Super Bowl or NBA Finals? Super Bowl. Let- wait, wait, wait. NBA Finals. Wow. Uh, last movie you watched? Recently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Neighbors, which is actually funny. What is it? Bikes or motorcycles? Bicycles? A favorite sport to play other than fighting? Wait, video game. That's uh, a sport. That's a sport. Yes, yes, it that is. That is not yes, a it sport. Is. Yes, it is. That's fail. Yes, it is. MLG. Fail. fail. Tekken. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla or X-Men? X-Men. Captain America or Thor? Captain America. Favorite cheat meal? Oh, you went there. Chipotle. Favorite time of day? <laughs> Night, because I get to sleep. Real Housewives or Kardashians? Real Housewives. Wait. <laughs> Yes, realize. <laughs> I don't watch it, by the way. <laughs> that was fun. That's it. That wasn't painful, was it? That was. That See, was some people right probably there. learned a few things about you. Yeah, cause probably not even right. I was nervous. <laughs> um, well, I want to thank you for sitting down with me today this and was chatting fun. with us. Thank you very I much. I definitely appreciate it. Best of luck to you, July fifth at UFC one seventy five, and I hope you'll come back and visit us after. I hope so too. I'm starting to grow in Cali. Ah, you heard it here. Callie's calling. I don't know. One of the best places in the world. New York is a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong (laughs) kind Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. (laughs) Where can we find you guys? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I mean, that man behind the curtain. That's hilarious. Where can everybody find you? Well, you can find me down at Range Training Center every day, 10 a.m. in the morning. Tune in and you will be amazed. What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is Uriah Hall because I keep it simple. Oh, Uriah Hall MMA. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that too. MMA. And Facebook. Facebook How is... How do I know this and you don't? I don't know. Are you stalking me? Uh, no. Uh, Facebook... Uh, I have over 3,000 requests. I'm sorry if I don't get to you. It's a lot. <laughs> All right. And you can find me at Suri Serrano on everything. Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> on everything. Billboards, coffee mugs. Billboards. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you for watching AfterBuzz TV on YouTube. For more of your favorite after shows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here and be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later. <laughs> <laughs>